0: For the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at this series, The Best Prayer Ever, uh, and what we're doing is we are looking at the Lord's Prayer, that model of a prayer that Jesus gave us. Um, and we, we've really been doing it with, with two goals in mind. Number one, we want to understand what we're praying, and then number two, we're, we are hoping and praying that as we learn this prayer, our relationship with God deepens. And uh, so we've been walking through this. And what we have seen is that up until this point, everything has been about God, right? We've learned that God is our Father. We've asked that His name be hallowed. And what we said was that would be set apart as the, the thing, God Himself, that is the only holy thing in our life, the thing that we desire most is God Himself. We've asked that His kingdom come, not our kingdom. But His kingdom come and rule, our hearts and other people's hearts. And we've asked that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's all been about God. But today is the day when we get to bring our requests to God. Today is the day we look at that petition uh, that has to deal with all of our needs, all of our wants, and it's our request list that we get to bring to God. And yet, I think there's a lot of confusion as to how prayer works when it comes to requests. Uh, Because there doesn't seem to be really a rhyme or reason for what God does. There's no pattern. Uh, Maybe you're one person who's asking and praying for something big. You've been praying for something big and big and big, and yet God's not granting it, but He's granting all these smaller requests. Maybe someone else is praying for all these smaller requests to be met, But they're not being met, but God's granted this big request. And so, as we look at our prayer life, sometimes we can say, do my my requests, do my prayers mean anything? Do they affect God at all? Or is God just going to do what God wants to do? And that's what's so key about the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. And not only is it important the important petition to understand what we're saying but it's also important to know the position of where it's at in the prayer so we're going to talk about this and by the end we're going to hope to understand how come God grants some of our requests and, and not others and to do so we're in Matthew chapter 6 we're going to continue in the prayer here's what Jesus said this then is how you should pray our Father in heaven hallowed be your name Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Uh, Every theologian that I've read, about every commentary that I've read, uh, says that this line right here, give us today our daily bread, you're not just asking God for bread. Um, I mean, you are, but you're asking God to take care of your needs your day-to-day needs. Not just your hunger needs, but everything else. So you're asking God for clothing, you're asking God for shelter, you're asking God uh, for love, you're asking God for air, oxygen, you're asking God for food. Everything that you need for your life, you are asking God here. And so the first thing that this prayer teaches us, give us this day our daily bread, it's actually a reminder. And it's a reminder that as a child, you are dependent on the father for everything. You are dependent on the father for everything. We understand this relationship of, of a dependent, right? For you that are parents, uh, whether you're young parents or you had, parent, you had kids a long time ago, you know when taxes roll around, what do you have to fill out? How many are dependent in your household? How many are dependent on you? And those dependents, you provide what? Food, clothing, shelter, a home. You provide for them. I remember shortly after uh, Lily was born, Ann and I were sitting talking about parenting and and some of the surprises that, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say we we were not expecting. It was just more than we expected. She brought up the point that she was well aware of just how dependent Lily is on us. If Lily is going to eat, she is dependent on Ann to feed her or me give her a bottle. If Lily is going to change clothes, she is dependent on us to change her. If she's gonna bathe so she doesn't smell, she's dependent on us to bathe her. If she's going to change her diaper because she has a dirty diaper, she's dependent on us. If she wakes up and she's in her crib, guess what? She's dependent on us to get her out of her crib. She is dependent on us for everything. And this petition reminds us we are like that little baby, dependent on God for everything. And a part of us as adults kick back at that a little bit, right? Now wait a second, I work, I plan, I, I, I take care of my family. But let's look at three scriptures uh, that, that address this. The first one, first one is found in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Here's what Moses says, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Who gives you the ability to produce wealth? The Lord God. Who makes your business run? The Lord God. Who gives you the mental abilities to do your job? The Lord God. Who gives you the talents to do your job? The Lord God. Who makes it so you make money? The Lord God. Yes, you work, but the Lord God makes you prosper. Okay, sure, but... At least I plan, and I'm a good financial steward. I plan, and, and we have a good plan going forward. Here's what Proverbs 19 says. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. The only reason that your plans carry out and come to fruition is because the Lord has a purpose for those plans. If, the Lord's purpose, if your plan contradicts the Lord's purpose, guess what's going to happen to your plans? they're not going to carry through. If you've been making plans and you've been praying about those plans and, and, and you can't move forward on them, maybe it's because it's not the Lord's purpose for your life. And then finally, this summarizes all of them actually. Isaiah 42.5, this is what God the Lord says. The creator of the heavens who stretched them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. The reason you are here sitting today, the reason that you're listening to me, is because the Lord God has given you breath to breathe. He has given you life to live. If He stopped giving you that, you would no longer be here. We are dependent on God for everything. In fact, even when we are adults, we are actually more dependent on God than a baby is dependent on their parents. Because we would not be here if God doesn't continue to give us breath and life. We are dependent on God for everything, and that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Do you know when problems start in the house? It's when kids start getting a little bit of independence and then want more and more. It starts really small, right? They want to feed themselves. And they grow up a little bit more. And they don't want mom and dad to tie their shoes, they can tie their shoes. They grow up a little bit more and then they say, you know what? I actually want to decide what I eat for dinner. Mom and dad, I don't want you to decide. I want to decide. They grow up more. Let's get rid of bedtime. I don't want bedtime. I want to get rid of curfew now. And pretty soon, you get to high school and what what are high schoolers thinking about? That day when they're independent. When mom and dad don't tell me what to do, when I get to make my own rules, when I get to do what I want when I want. And independence is seen as a goal, right? Parents, you want to raise your kids to be independent. Your kids want to be independent. You want to get them to independence. Do you know what causes problems in the heart? It's when we live believing the lie that we are independent from God. when we live believing the lie that we are independent from God. Now, deep down, we know we're dependent on God. We just saw those Bible verses and and, and we say, yes, we, we know that if it isn't for God giving us breath, we aren't here. And yet, oftentimes, we live as if we're independent from the Lord. Who has to answer all the questions? Who has to figure life out? Who has to provide Oftentimes we say, me. I have to figure out where the mortgage payment's coming from. I have to figure out my homework. I have to figure out how to navigate that relationship at school or at work where uh, my coworker or classmate's not so nice to me. I have to figure out where food's coming from. I have to figure out where to buy clothing. I have to figure out, I have to figure out. And then your family expands, and what happens? Now there's more people dependent on me. Now the pressure rises. I have to figure out where I'm going to work. I have to figure out where an income's coming because there's people dependent on me. It all comes back to me, right? And what happens? Stress, worry, and anxiety. And it piles on, and it piles on. And guess what we don't do? Remember that we're dependent on God for everything, and we don't go to Him. And God in heaven sits there and He says, Why? Why? Here's what I promise you in my word. Jesus says this actually just a few verses after the Lord's Prayer. Here's what Jesus says. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Your father in heaven looks down at you as you're stressing out, as you're trying to, as you believe the lie, that you are independent. And he says, Why? Look at what I promise you. I know you need clothing. I know you need food. I know you need the necessities of life. And I promise to take care of you. And then he points to the birds of the air and the grass of the field. And he says, Look at the birds. When they go to bed at night, do they have any food stored up for the morning? No. And yet, what happens? They wake up, and do they go without a meal? No. Why? Because the Father in heaven provides for birds to eat. The grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, thrown into the fire, God clothes with beautiful flowers and makes them look beautiful. And God says, aren't you more valuable than birds and grass? And the answer is yes. Yes. God the Father did not give up His Son for birds. God the Father did not send His Son to the cross to save grass. He gave up His one and only Son for you. Think about that. How much does God value you? If, if you want to picture it in a, in a store, if you were on a shelf, what, would God, what was the price God was willing to pay to have you, to buy you? His one and only Son just to have you as His own. And God says, am I just going to leave you and not give you the necessities of life? Of course not. I want to take care of you. I want to be that person for you. I want to be your Father. Come to me with all the necessities of life and I promise I'm going to take care of you. I promise I'm going to take care of you. It's kind of like this. Uh, Imagine you coming home and you see your four or five-year-old kid or your grandkid or your niece or nephew, and they are just pacing in the kitchen back and forth, pacing. And you say, well, what's going on? And, and they stop and they turn and they say, I, I just don't know. I don't know where the mortgage payment's going to come from. I don't know where we're going to get food for dinner. I don't know, uh, I got a hole in my shoe. I don't know where I'm going to get new shoes. And I don't understand my homework. What would you say? Calm down. Don't stress, don't worry. These problems aren't for for you to worry about. They're for me. And I'll help you with your homework. I'll help you figure it out. Come to me. That's what your Father in Heaven is saying to you. Come to me. I will help you figure everything out. And that's what this petition gets to remind us. Give us today our daily bread. We are dependent on you, Lord. Provide for us. Help us. Give us what we need. Now maybe you're sitting there saying, yeah, but I can't just sit on my couch. And you're right. You're right, you can't just sit on your couch. Uh, God oftentimes, I don't know, I don't think I've ever heard of somebody just sitting on their couch and God kind of snapping his finger and they have everything they need. God works through our work, right? He has given us work to do and he blesses that work. But do you know what this knowledge, what what, what God's promise allows us to do? It allows us to wake up stress-free work stress-free, come home stress-free, and go to bed stress-free. Why? Because we are able to just work and do our best every day and trust that God is going to bless us and take care of us because that's His promise. That's His promise. Give us today our daily bread. But what about my requests? How does this work? Give us today our daily bread reminds us also... That God isn't your genie that gives you what you want. He is your Father who gives you what you need. He is your Father who gives you what you need. About a month ago, Ann and I watched uh, the live version of Aladdin, the one where Ge- uh, Will Smith is the genie. Yeah. And uh, the whole time we watched that movie, uh, I kept thinking of that song that the genie sings at, towards the beginning, You've Never Had a Friend Like Me. And as the movie went on, I kept thinking to myself, I've never had a friend like you, but I sure want one. (laughs) (laughs) I want a friend just like you. You're the all-powerful being that all I'd have to do is rub my magic lamp and say, Genie, I wish, and boom, he gives it to me. And how often don't we treat God that way? Or at least are tempted to treat God that way. God, I know that you are all-powerful. That's what you tell me in your word. And so give me what I want. Here are my wishes. Make them happen. And then when He doesn't, what happens? We're frustrated. Because we have the wrong expectations of God. God isn't our genie who gives us what we want. He's our Father who gives us what we need. And again, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. A pastor once said that God answers our prayers in the way we would have asked them if we knew everything God did. I'll say that again. God answers our prayers in the way we would have asked them if we knew everything God did. For instance, if you're like me, when you were younger, you prayed to marry that one person. Please let me marry this person. And God said no. And maybe God said no because He knows that down the line, if you would have married that person, that marriage and that person would have dragged you away from him. And so he said no. Which is what you would have prayed if you knew that down the line, that person and that marriage would have dragged you away. Maybe right now you're praying for uh, a big promotion, or you're praying for a new job, because with that new job and promotion comes a bigger salary, and then you feel more secure. But maybe God is saying no. Why? Because maybe God knows that if you get that, that your security is going to be found in money and in not Him. And so he says, "No, right now, watch and learn that I take care of you. Watch and learn that I provide for you. Find your security in me, and then we can talk about that later on. God always gives us what we need, not necessarily what we want. And I don't think that there's a better example than in Scripture and Jesus Himself. What did the Jewish people want? What did His disciples want? They wanted a king, an earthly ruler, right? Someone to sit on the throne in Israel and to rule Israel for all time. And we see this throughout Jesus' ministry. At one point, what did Peter do? He he approached Jesus while Jesus is talking about dying. He says, guys, I'm going to Jerusalem and, and I'm going to die. And Peter gets in Jesus' face and says, no, you won't, stop talking about dying. And Jesus gets in Peter's face and He rebukes him and says, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because Peter, if you only knew how opposite your wants are from your needs, if only you knew, even to the point of Jesus' death, as Jesus is getting arrested, and as He's condemned to die, and on the cross, the disciples still didn't get it. And I wonder if as, as they're watching all this unfold, if they start to pray, God, what are you doing? Get Jesus out of this. And I wonder if Jesus thought, if you guys only knew what you were asking. Your wants are so opposite from your needs and we praise God that He is a Father who gives us what we need and not what we want. I think in our hearts, at times we're like those disciples and and we want that Messiah, right? How great, a, how great would it be if Jesus was like a genie-type character sitting on his throne in Israel where we could fly over there and we could bring our list of requests and say, Jesus, here's my list for the next two months. I don't think I can get here for, uh, uh, until then. So can you please grant these? Send me on my merry way. We would want that. And yet God doesn't grant that for us. Why? Because it's not the Savior we needed. We needed more than a genie. We needed a Savior. And not a Savior to to live as a perfect example for us. We needed a Savior to live perfectly for us, because we fail again and again. And Jesus lived that perfect life in our place. He says, here, have mine. We needed a Savior who who would die on the cross for us to take the punishment that our sins deserve, so that we would be without punishment. We need a Savior to conquer the grave because the grave in in our eyes is the end. And yet Jesus says it's no longer the end, it's actually just the beginning. The beginning of eternity for you now. This is the Messiah we needed. And so God said, no disciples, I'm not going to answer your prayers the way you want it because here's what you need. Because if I don't give you what you need, you're spending eternity in hell. And so here's my Son who lived for you and died for you and rose for you because it's what you need. We have a Father who gives us what we need, not what we want, and we praise Him for it. To close up today, I want to show you what this looks like in the model of this prayer now. And I'm, going to use, I'm going to use an example of back pain. Uh, actually, I'm going to use shoulder pain. Uh, so here's what it looks like following the model that Jesus gave us, okay? Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we pray. I praise and thank you today Uh, because You are my my gracious Father in Heaven uh, who loves me like His Son, uh, and that's what You call me. Uh, You are the all-knowing and all-powerful and all-wise God, and You know what's best for me. Uh, Father, I'm having shoulder pain today, and I'd like to be without it. Uh, I'd like You to to relieve it. And yet, uh, above being relieved of that shoulder pain, I ask You to hallow your name in my life. Let it be the thing I desire most. Let me desire you above all and let it be holy in my life. Let your kingdom come and rule my heart. Build me up in Jesus and and help me to share that good news with others. And let your will be done in my life. And so, Father, I bring this request to you that you relieve my shoulder pain. Uh, And if it's your will, let it be done. Uh, If not... I trust that you are working on me to make me more like your child, a more, uh, more, live a more godly life, and to bring me closer to you. Uh, if it, the answer is no right now, give me strength, give me comfort, and uh, give me perseverance to endure until you remove it. Uh, above all, help me to grow closer to you through it all. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We don't approach God arrogantly. We don't approach God anxiously. We approach Him uh, through that model. And we don't tell Him what needs to be done. We tell Him what we would like to be done. But above all, help us to grow closer to You. Let Your kingdom come. And you see it, all the anxiety, all the worry, all the stress just go off. And we sit in a trusting place with our God. And that's where we want to be. And then He can answer it however He wants. Yes or no, and we're content. Let's ask God's blessings this week on that. Uh, that our prayers reflect this and that we grow closer to Him through it. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank You today for Your Word because in Your Word uh, we hear Your promises and in Your Word we hear about Jesus. Uh, We thank You for the gift of of Your Word and the gift of Jesus. Uh, Only a good Father in Heaven would give us such a thing. And so we thank You for those promises. Uh, Father, as we all have many requests in our hearts today uh, that we bring before You and, and this week, we lay them all at Your feet. Uh, we most of all want to desire you above all. We want you to be our true passion, our true desire, and the number one thing in our hearts. Uh, We want your kingdom to rule not only our hearts, but uh, Liberty Hill and the world. And so uh, we ask that above all, help us to, uh, our mission be to spread that word um, and to grow deeper in it. And so as we lay our request before you, we ask that your will be done. Help us to grow closer to you. uh, Reshape and refine us so that we live godly lives. And if it's your will to grant our request, let it be done. If not, we trust you, and we know that you're giving us exactly what we need when we need it. We ask all this in your name. Amen.